Hi, and welcome to another edition of After the Whistle. Scheduling difficulties this weekend means that we have a bit of a truncated episode for you. We will be looking primarily at the PFA players of the season nominees that was released uh, last week. There are six candidates, and myself, Donald, and Moose will be looking at two of the candidates, trying to make the case for them. And at the end, we will reveal our PFA pick for the end of season award. We do hope you guys enjoy listening to us this week. Send us questions as always to after the whistle at thegoldcoastreport.com. Follow us on Twitter at GCRATW and on Instagram and Facebook. The username is The Gold Coast Report. We'd love to hear from you. We are getting lots of mail, which we are enjoying and looking forward to having another mailbag 2.0. We'll see. Enjoy episode 9 and make sure to share with two friends. Hi, my name is Donald. So Hazard picked up this award two years ago when Chelsea won the league under Jose Mourinho. And um, his 14 goals and 5 assists obviously don't compare to some of the forwards that he's up against. On that also on the list. But he's been the most improved player this season. And um, it's remarkable that he's been able to recover in style from probably his worst season in his professional career since last year and I mean credit has to go to Antonio Conte because he has worked some magic and has reinvented the player to become one of the brightest stars of the Premier League once again after all they say they do say that that you know form is temporary class is permanent his, um, his solo goal against Arsenal will certainly be one of the highlights of this campaign for sure because that, that goal was just out of sheer brilliance and um, he's arguably he's arguably one of the most entertaining players to watch in the Premier League. And um, he has the third highest number of successful dribbles in Europe's, Europe's top five leagues. I think he comes just behind Alan Saint Maximin of um, Leo and um, Neymar. And for me, that's an incredible feat because I mean, it's a bit, it's, it's, it sort of speaks a lot about the player. And I mean, when you look at his stats, he's, he's 26 years old. The, the team has won 22 games with him, and without him, they've won just two. They've won just two without him. And um, one of the games that one of the games of the season that's definitely going to be spoken about a lot at the end of the season would be the game against United at Old Trafford, because in that game. Manchester United clearly came out to counter him. Mourinho specifically set Herrera on him to mark him out of the game to, you know, as a way of recognizing the threats that the player poses. And Herrera did a very good job at that, and you could you could tell Chelsea hardly created and they had zero shots on targets, which speaks volumes of the kind of impacts that Eden Hazard has in this Chelsea in this Chelsea team. The team has lost. The team has lost four games with him, and without him, they haven't lost a single game. And then Hazard is a very influential player on this Chelsea team. He has allowed a free roll, unlike the season before, or I would say his manager before him, who wanted you know wanted him to have more responsibilities in the team. So he's he's able to link up play from midfield and creates lots of create, try to create chances for 
the, the other forwards in Pedro and Costa, while also you know getting in on the goals himself. He he averages two point two key passes per game, and he's fouled almost three times per game, which is incredible. I mean, it's not surprising really if you if you if you look at it because, but looking at the way he plays, he's definitely going to be fouled a lot of times. And um, because he's always in and around, he he's he's always trying to beat the next man. He dribbles very well, gets past players, and he has good vision. So yeah, yeah. And it's no surprise that he averages four point three dribbles per game in that in that in that game. So definitely, Hazard is a worthy candidate for the PFA Player of the Year. Even though he would say that his teammate in Golo Kante deserves it more than him. But he is one of the most exciting players in the Premier League for a reason, and he is just as deserving as his teammate. So the next candidate we're going to talk about is Manchester United striker Zlatan Ibrahimovic. He has scored 17 goals in his first season in England, in the Premier League, of course. And many, many including myself, do not necessarily question his ability nor his record before he came to England. But, I mean, I definitely had doubts as to how much of an impact he was going to have in the Premier League. He has more goals across all competitions than any other player in the Premier League. And with a few more games left to play, it's still very much in the race for the Golden Boots. He has excelled in a team that has pretty much struggled for consistency and has largely carried a full weight of United's goal-scoring expectations this season. And to be honest, I mean, to be 35 and still perform at the highest level week in, week out, is nothing short of spectacular. If you look at his stats, the team, the team has won 14 games with him, and without him, they've, they've won just one game. And um, like I said earlier on, um, he, is, he has become... He has, you know, he is the main, um, the team's main um, threat when it comes to goals, which which was quite surprising because for a team that has players like Mkhitaryan and Rashford and Martial, everyone thought that United were not going to be short of goal-scoring opportunities, but Ibrahimovic has stepped up and has become the main source of goals, and it's no surprise that they have won the majority of their games with him on the field. And frankly, a lot of eyebrows were raised when, in the very recent game against Chelsea, when he didn't play, he didn't start, because everyone was thinking, you know what, that's our main source of goals, he's our main man, and, you know, we're probably going to struggle to score. It speaks volumes of his achievements this season. They have a 93.3% win ratio with him on the field. The team has lost, the team hasn't lost a game with him, which is interesting. The team has all lost a game without him, which is interesting. And with him, they've lost three games. But that's not surprising also because United have a very good defense, have, have had a very good defensive record this season. They, they, I mean, their unbeaten record in the Premier League is still ongoing. And, um, pe- I mean, people joke about the fact that it's probably the worst unbeaten record in the in you know in football history but it still speaks a lot about you know how 
to some degree, United are a very good defensive team. I mean, they do record a lot of draws, but they they, they still they are still solid defensively, no matter what. And that that, that particular statistic is not surprising. Um, he averages zero point two two balls per game, and he has five assists this season. Because if and it, that's quite that's interesting. Because if you look at the way Ibrahimovich plays, he's usually coming deep into midfield to try and you know link up play and find you know gets that start the attack and you know gets his other teammates going and there have been some arguments about whether Ibrahimovic limits the way the team plays or whether he has been this good because the team plays to his strengths but I don't I think that as an individual whether whether that is the case as an individual he has done his job. As an individual, he has delivered, and he has done it in you know he has he has done that emphatically. So I I feel like there really isn't any argument there when it comes to you know the player himself, especially because this is an individual award. And I feel like for a team like Manchester United, they should they really shouldn't be placing all their hopes like that this much. Um, this much burden should not be placed on a 35-year-old, no matter what. Ibrahimovic is a brilliant player, but I still do think that this much expectation should not be placed on a 35-year-old. But for me, I've always admired players who back up what they say and what, who back up what they say they'll do and actually go out to do it. And he has done that time and again. Because of this, he is my pick for the player of the year. Still here, and my two PFA candidates that I'll be looking at are Chelsea's midfielder Ingolo Kante and Spurs forward Harry Kane. Starting with the Chelsea midfielder, he's had a meteoric two seasons, first winning the title with uh, Leicester City and now almost on the verge of winning back-to-back titles with Chelsea, his new team Chelsea. Kante has been quietly impressive. He got noticed in Leicester, and now everyone more or less seems to appreciate the efforts and the work he does on the pitch. Uh, all the jokes, have, all the jokes and memes have come through. Like, well, when you are playing with Kante, it's like having an extra man. Kante has a twin just because of how hard he works, the tracking back he does. But one thing that's often understated is his passing. Uh, so far, he's averaging eighty-eight point seven pass success rate. For a CBM or a central midfielder, that's pretty impressive, meaning that anytime Kante does intercept or get the ball, he almost always finds the next player to start an attack when he makes that pass. He's also averaging 3.5 tackles per game. Again, very impressive. This was keeping the whole Chelsea unit tight because in Kante and Matic, they have a pairing that's able to get the ball from other players, spread the play, and launch attack hazard out wide. William on the other side, and Costa is just in up front, reaping the benefits. Um, Chelsea have won 23 games with him. Uh, they only won one in which he didn't play. He has been present for all four losses, and also all three draws that Chelsea has uh, has had so far this season. Again, this is as of last week. Yeah, this stat doesn't include their very recent defeat to Manchester United. Uh, in terms of appearances, Kante has been almost ever present in the Chelsea lineup. 
one of the few players that have started almost every game for Chelsea. He has been ever present, ever dependable, and ever reliable. I think it's safe to say at this point, he's one of the very few first names that Conte pencils in whenever he's thinking about his team sheets. Uh, the guy, Conte, also averages 2.2 interceptions per game. As a midfielder, not since Eastern half, Chelsea had a very complete midfielder that's able to dictate the play of the game. And he's also capable of the odd screamer. As United fans, you know, vividly remember being torn asunder by Kante's Thunderbolt. Kante's versatility has been important to Chelsea, allowing them to play their 3-4-3, allowing the wing for the fullbacks to bomb forward because they know in Kante they have that presence sitting behind the back to back three, guarding them. Offensively, <laughs> Kante also just... He's able to jump on every loose ball. He's able to, you know, anticipate passes, get himself in positions to start attack, you know, and that has really influenced just how effective Chelsea has been. And he fits so well into Conte's plan. And one thing about Conte, I think most players or most fans of the game will agree that whilst for the other five nominees, yes, they could fit into all the other teams, but then for some, it might require you sacrificing how you play. A player like Zlatan, for example, you might have to switch up your style just to accommodate as well his aerial prowess and how he prefers to be, you know, the main center forward. But the player like Kante, he works for, he can easily slot into every, each of the top, each midfield in the top six. That's just how good he is. He's a very effective player. He does all the little things well. The passing, the interception, uh, the tackles. Kante is your man, and it uh, it speaks to his it speaks to his uh, his efforts this season that he is among what mostly offensive players. Because let's be real, when it comes to football, we mostly prioritize the offensive players. It's all about the spectacular forward, the guy killing the free kick, you know, that wide exciting player with the dribbles. But Kante's efforts again, they are being noticed and rightfully so. Most of his game does happen. In the middle of the park. He has had a few attempts on goals, but mostly his job is to, you know, spread play. As to whether I feel he should win it overall, I'll let you know after I review uh, my next nominee, which is Harry Kane. In the last three seasons, Kane's progression has more or less matched Spurs in terms of their progression. First, you know, trying to break into the top six, uh, trying to break into the top four feeling, and now looking very much like a top four side. Uh, Pochettino recently made the comments that Spurs' growth is very much organic in that they are bringing in young players through the ranks. That's not entirely true. I, I feel that was more of a, a job at Chelsea or Conte, you know, trying to get some mind games in because they have spent on players. I'm looking at players like Ericsson and Dyer. But... Undoubtedly, undoubtedly, excuse me, players like Kane and Ali have come through the Spurs system. And Pochettino does deserve some credit for their progression this season. In terms of uh, Kane's season stats, uh, he, has 20, he has 20 goals. I believe he scored one this weekend. Uh, the Englishman has also been present for 15 of Spurs' win. They've won five games without him. Uh, in terms of losses, he's been present for all four of them. Uh, he's been present for four of their draws, and I think Spurs have eight draws in total. He's had four assists. In terms of shots, he's quite up there with 3.1 shots per game. I believe Ibra and also Aguero have a higher attempts at shot, 3.5 or 3.8.
In terms of dribbles, uh, not much. He goes. He has a decent one point one. And if you look at his uh, his shots, uh, Paul Riley has this really, really, really good database that he puts together all the this like chance creation and shots dashboard. The kid is either freakishly good at scoring, or he's just insanely lucky. I believe it's more just being insanely good because his shot selection is quite phenomenal. In fact, he's among he's one of the four players what, to have what twenty plus goals in three consecutive seasons. That's just how really good Hurricane has been. And for those of you listening who do play fantasy, you probably can allude to the Kane effect. You get him in. He seems to have a bad game. Somehow he walks out with two goals and assists, and you're left scratching your head. Just how did King get that chance? His positioning is perfect. He doesn't have that many touches in the in the box actually. Among all the six candidates, uh, King has the King has the lowest pass attempt from open play. Uh, I think hovering around 400 for 420. He doesn't touch the ball that much, but when he does, it's either an outlet pass to an attacking player. Or it's a give and take for him to create a chance to get deeper into the opponent's 60-yard box to be open for a shot or a, a chance at goal. In terms of the person that the Kane also attempts, uh, Riley has this really nice matrix, this really nice chat, and it says Kane executes what harder passes, but poorly executes it. Again, he is making passes in much more difficult areas of the field. It's much easier to make a pass when you're Packing your defense when you have less of the opposition coming at you than to do so in the opponent's six yard where you are surrounded by the defenders, the CDMs rushing back, and the fullbacks trying to stop you from getting the cross or a pass in. In terms of Kane's effect so far this season, and whether I think he should be the runaway PFA player, I think so. I think so because. In Hazard, we had a player that he won two seasons ago. He dropped off, and now he's, he looks like Hazard is back to his best. Akin has been a player that, even if you disagree as to whether he is a world-class forward, he has been an elite forward for the past three seasons. And he doesn't show any sign of regressing. If anything, he's probably growing from strength to strength. strength, to strength. Uh, yes, Lukaku has scored more goals, but then Lukaku has played more games. Kane, unfortunately, has had some time of due to injury. So maybe if all things being equal, Kane plays the same number of minutes Lukaku does, who knows? He might score equal or more goals. But looking at the position of Spurs and Everton, I believe Kane should win the PFA player of the year award, especially now that it's looking like Spurs might have the opportunity to leapfrog Chelsea and win the Premier League title. Uh, who knows? This might be the this might be Kane's lucky lucky season. Okay, so I have two picks for PFA Player of the Year. The first one is Romelu Lukaku. And as you know, he's already a bit of an ATW favorite. And as a striker, I really I really do like. I, I love his game. I think he's really, really good. And this season, I mean, he's, he's, he's been really important to his team. He has 24 goals and 6 assists. That's 30 goals coming from him scoring or creating out of the 60 goals that Everton have scored at this point of the season, which means 50%, half of Everton goals 
have had to do with Lukaku, and that's that's impressive. You know, that's 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 a really that's a really good number to be working with as you know as a 23 year old in the Premier League. So his who scored rating, which we are using for this purpose, is 7.63, which is actually amongst one of the higher ratings in the league. And he's played in pretty much all his team's games. He's only had one sub-appearance. So out of all 31 games, he's been there, which shows that, you know, he's healthy, he's good, and he's playing really well. So if, if, if he wins it, I don't think... I don't think that would be that would be a very bad choice. All right, so my second nominee for PFA Player of the Year is the one and only Alexis Sanchez, who plays for Arsenal Football Club. The mercurial attacking forward, stroke striker, and he's had he's had a really good season this year. Even though you know Arsenal are kind of where they don't want to be right now. I mean, he's been he's been quite he's been very productive. He has 19 goals and nine assists this season, you know, which shows which shows how much he's important to the Arsenal attack. He's 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 a player who scores a lot of goals, you know, makes a lot of key passes, creates a lot of chances for other players. And this season, we've seen pretty much the full repertoire of his skills: the dribbling, the goals, you know, the work rate, the passion. Even though at a Point in the season, you know, his actions and his body language was being reported in the media as, you know, being divisive and not wanting to stay at the club and the reports of bust-ups and stuff. But, I mean, performance-wise, he's been he's been very good. Performance-wise, he has he's been very good for Arsenal this season. And he is my second nominee for PFA Player of the Year. Neymar, Busquets. Neymar, ataque de nuevo el futuro campeón de liga. Messi dejando el balón para Neymar. Atención, ahí fuera del juego. Balón para Luis Suárez. Gol. Va a golpear Cristiano. Se espatarra el bicho. Va a golpear con la derecha. Chuta Cristiano. Gol. Costa turns out the finals. Curry, one-on-one, Irving puts it up, it's go, Kyrie Irving for 